0: Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am
1: your father. What? No, I'm not. Michael Cera. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father kind of spaniel's going on here? Pause of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG.
2: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris.
0: Hi, how are you? (sighs) Chris, it's been weeks. It has been almost three weeks since we've recorded. We took a week off. I want to say it felt like a break, but given everyone like, where are you?
2: Yeah, the people wanted to know. Didn't feel
0: like I had a break from you people as much as I wanted one, (laughs) but, you know, I was a little under the weather and then needed to go on like a little vacay, plus, was super busy with work. And Sam, where were you?
2: I was down bad with COVID for two weeks to the point, I mean, I like my voice still is not 100%. My brain is functioning at about 80% capacity. Um, and it was already
0: working at about 50% deficit to begin with. So right, 80% so it's like bar- of only 50 is tough. <laughs>
2: right. We're, we're, we're making it work. Um, yeah. So, I was really, really sick. So, I really appreciate everybody's well wishes, kind words.
0: Mean words about how they mean needed us words.
2: back.
0: <laughs> and we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. And, and we're
2: back on season three. You know, I don't know how I would feel if, we, if this happened to us and we were, like, coming back to, like, the Twister episode of season two.
0: I might not have come back.
2: I would have been like, I can't.
0: Actually, this is divine (laughs) intervention, and let's move the fuck on. Yeah. Well, I was hoping to report on after my little Broadway jaunt, you know, Plaza Suite, and be able to give everyone a review, but someone else was damn bad with COVID, and that is Sarah Jessica Parker. Our girl. So... They canceled my performance. I will be seeing it at a future date when she is in it. She did get it from Matthew Broderick, who famously is a demon like all men.
2: Yeah. But what else did you see while you were in New York?
0: Oh, you know, I saw Harry Potter, which was a piece of shit, but was quite... What's the the word? Visually beautiful? Like, there was some stuff in it that was some of the... I mean, just true theater magic in a way like I've never seen. Like, every five minutes something happened and you're just like... How did that happen? I've never seen, like, that kind of special effect in a movie.
2: That's so cool. So that
0: was, like, while I thought the show was a disaster, like, in terms of its script, I thought it was beautifully done. I also saw Company for the second time, starring my queen, Patty LaPone, And someone who appears in this episode of Sex and the City is also a star of Company. Who? Kevin. Kevin? Kevin. Was his name not Kevin?
2: <laughs> no, was that name? was totally his name, but I'm just like, he's was his in name company? Kevin? Yeah, his name is Kevin.
0: Yeah. Christopher Sieber, um, beautiful Broadway king. He's still looking good. Great in the show. It's an immaculate, wonderful show. So if you want to see a good show on Broadway, a good Broadway musical, I fully suggest going to see Company. And I also got my eyes on the first Broadway revival of Funny Girl, starring Beanie Feldstein. And I'll tell you guys, Beanie's a star. Is she Barbara? No, but she's got great notes in her. Some, you know, some off notes are in there too. But not everyone's <laughs> not everyone's perfect, you know. Not everyone. But you know what?
2: You said to me, you were like, she made it her own.
0: She made it her own. The comedy, which is I like all her own. that
2: cuz Leah Michelle was trying a little when she would sing Barbara it was like trying to be Barb. Well that and was like the darkest can't.
0: period and you know there are many dark periods in our history some count to the Trump years some would push to you know Pearl Harbor. Frankly oh. I would say the period in which we were dealing with Leah Michelle as like an actual star oh and she was doing Barbra Streisand cosplay dark.
2: Dark 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 and people wanting her to be in Wicked like i mean people were fighting
0: for her meanwhile she was like telling people she was gonna shit in their wig <laughs> <laughs> i mean this girl's a monster Such
3: a mo- i was gonna say she the other dark period one of our time people, is of course though. when sarah
0: jessica parker had brown hair in the first sex in the city movie that was and i know it was only about 10 minutes of a three-hour movie but it was still it's to me long. a national nightmare
2: yeah I- Leah Michelle, you know how people always talk about when people are canceled? They're like, people don't really get canceled. I have to disagree. Leah Michelle, I have never seen again.
0: Um, she's still stalking around on Instagram, and I think she released an album of late. An album? That could have been six years ago, but
2: Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't feel current. And I'm
0: sure she's probably on like uh what is what's what's that channel that everyone loves, the Christmas movie Hallmark. I'm sure she's like doing Hallmark movies. She's gotta be.
2: I don't think so, Chris. I don't think she's booked and busy. I How think she paying she's her bills? I mean, I think her husband is rich.
0: Oh, and, and she's got is, Glee
2: money. There's
0: going to be a Spring Awakening documentary, I believe, coming. And I think she's going to be in that. And I'm just looking forward to, like, those people being like, yeah, she told me she'd shit my wig on this one, too.
2: <laughs> it's so bad. Okay. All right.
0: But I should say, Funny Girl, Beanie Feldstein's a star. The set is atrocious. And the show's bad, but she's a star.
2: <laughs> would you recommend to have people go see it?
0: I would. And, and okay. this is going to be tough to tell you people. You
2: sound like it's cautious.
0: I would recommend you go and see it. I cannot say it's a good show. The set is a mess. The acting's wonderful. the The script is a disaster. So it's going to be tough for everyone to take in this next suggestion, which is I would only suggest seeing it if you spend a lot of money and can sit close so if okay. you're going to see it don't go for 70 dollars. you're gonna need to pay 300 wow for and a
2: show that you're kind of uh ugh, not really
0: upselling, you're but. gonna have to get close to that set that's not good
2: yeah interesting having okay. said that
0: i was gonna say i'd see it again i would not I, you know I what? think
2: it's one of those things where it's like a cultural thing, like where it's like it's a cultural phenomenon right now. Like- and
0: I love Funny Girls so much. The movie is my everything. I actually wish they borrowed a bit more from the script of the movie. And I was going to say I'd never see it again. I do think this show will run long enough that Beanie will leave mm. and they'll be able to get someone else. And I will see another person's Fanny Bryce. Like, I do think I'm, I will revisit the show to see multiple Fannies because – you wanna hear somebody she else take on Doreen on my parade? That's all I'm gonna say. No. But she's a. but again, I do wanna say she's a star.
2: I think she because she has a presence.
0: She has such a presence and mm-hmm. she's got some top notes that are great. And then there's and a so lot of nasal.
2: How was her people?
0: That's best left said. One. Okay. <laughs> I don't wanna be unkind. Okay. Also never loved something so much and then I'm like, it was not good.
2: And you're like, but also spend three hundred dollars.
0: My boss today was like, Oh, you, what'd you think of Funny Girl? And I was like, Oh, it was what a shit show. And she was like, I have a text from you saying it was the best thing you've ever seen. I was like, you know, I went up and down on that show.
2: I mean, yeah. Okay. So, all right. I feel like we covered like too much a beanie let's get into the girls well
0: no before we do that we oh, should you wanna, say okay <laughs> our 50th episode of shortcomings is coming no it is it's going to be i believe in two weeks for them three and it's going to be the episode that we almost named this podcast after are we sluts and i don't know how we celebrate 50 episodes of shortcomings but i think we should celebrate
2: We have to celebrate because this podcast is the highlight of my week. I'm not kidding. I look to highlight a lot of these
0: listeners' weeks, given what happened when we took one off,
2: (laughs) given the harassment that you received last week. (laughs) Last week, um, but you know, like it's all with love. Like, yes,
0: I did feel quite loved,
2: yeah, and that's always nice, but um. Wow, we got to think of something because again, like it's also a special episode. Like, it's an sluts? amazing that was episode. Like, that was like the show. Like that was the title of this podcast originally,
0: and I wish it still was. But <laughs> <laughs> in some ways, I think we'd be bigger. I think that ti- I think the title shortcomings is holding us back.
2: Oh, you think?
0: No, For, I we don't are think
2: the so. number one Sex and City podcast. That
0: is true, number one. I do love that people are accepting that as truth. And mm-hmm. mostly because it is. I don't see a lot of other Sex the City podcasts when I'm searching the boards.
2: No, I see nothing.
0: And so I'm happy to have us there. And of course, you know, there are a few others, but...
2: Ours is number one.
0: Although, we'd love to have them on. You know, yeah, one way or the come other. Yeah, please
2: on, anytime. <laughs> okay.
0: Should we get into the girls?
2: Yeah, let's do it.
0: So let's start with a little episode synopsis. Carrie spirals after an encounter with Mrs. Big. Miranda's one true love arrives on the scene, Charlotte struggles with her body image, and basically Samantha just wants some head.
2: Listen, I love this episode.
0: I don't know. I really struggled with this one. Really? I, I, yeah, it is an episode that if you asked me to point to like an iconic episode of Sex and the City, I might land on it. I think the title is so strong. Yeah. Attack of the Five Foot... Tin Woman.
2: Uh-huh.
0: But then when you get to the nitty-gritty of, like, what we're watching.
2: Oh. Oh, it's, I mean. It's, it's wild. all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's all over the place. That's kind of what I love about it. There's a lot of Dizzy carry moments in this episode. Uh, Samantha's at her horniest. <laughs> She's horny.
0: But it's just one of those episodes, right, once again, where it's that us versus them mentality. mm and I know none of these women are tall, but maybe it's because SJP is so short that I was like, "Isn't Kim Cattrall five foot ten? Like, no,
2: I thought the same thing. Like when her and Samantha are standing next to each other, I'm like, I don't know.
0: I think we looked this up when she had the the you know the man we loved in the last episode, Jeff. She's, and five, she's five six, right? Five seven. And I want to say Sarah Jessica Parker is what five three. So it just like I don't know, just. Based off of height, I was like, guys, we got a tall woman right here with us. I don't know.
2: The talls versus
0: the smalls. (laughs) Uh, You know, I wish this was the Real Housewives of Atlanta. But you could say that all the women, they're encountering, like, their own insecurities in some way or the other, with the exception of, I guess, Samantha. I just felt like we didn't really close the circle with her storyline. But let's hear the monologue and then get into it.
3: That night, I modeled my entire wardrobe in my head and vetoed everything. Why did I care so much? What was it about Natasha that always made me feel like the charity case? Was it just that she had big or was this bigger than big? I started to wonder, are there women in New York who were just there to make us feel bad about ourselves?
0: So before we get into the episode, I did just want to chat briefly about what I think is a huge missed opportunity in this episode. And that is to circle and hammer home a bit more how women support each other. Because I I think that, right, that monologue is about the idea that Natasha exists, which by the way, what a main character in Syndrome to be like, this woman exists solely to make me feel bad. She can't be doing anything else with her life. But I do think that we see such support from the other women in the episode that I would have loved us to at least have a moment where we recognize that to create some balance in it. And I'm not even saying the final moment shouldn't be there, because I actually do quite like the final moment of the episode. But I just wish that there had been a moment where Carrie and voiceover had said, and just like that, I realized women could support at the same time as tearing each other down, or just something where they we really felt it. Because I do think it's there in the episode, but it's not hidden. It's not hit hard enough. And I guess in some ways, that's just not what Carrie's column is about. Which, by the way, again, we have to say, this column is published for everyone to read. Natasha exists. What if she just picks this up and is like, oh, this woman is fucking and insane. <laughs>
2: I mean, you know what's so crazy? is like whenever that they remind us that Natasha is like 25. Because I think the actress who plays her plays her so much older in my like in my like looking at her, I'm like that woman is not 25 years old. So it's like I forget.
0: Yeah, but that's supposed to be right the thing about Natasha. She's both 25 and yet more sophisticated like polished.
2: than Carrie. Right. It's just, like, so it's this idea, though, that, like, Carrie is, hates this 25-year-old girl. Who's who done nothing to her. Literally done nothing. She's probably so confused. But also, if I was Natasha, I'd be reading Carrie's column every fucking week. I would be, and like, And would be like, wait,
0: this must be me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh.
0: There is hmm, just something. That's familiar. I do wish that the show, other than the big moment, right, there is the moment when she goes to Napa and Big says... I read your book, and it's shown me, like, how bad I was. And she says to him, like, well, you read my column. And he says, not all at once. So we are aware that the column exists. We're listening to it through the voiceovers. These characters can read this. It doesn't make any sense to me on occasion how we do that. Like, how Carrie's writing this and Natasha isn't later, like, this woman's unhinged, insane, nuts, (laughs) nuts. Never to be talked, never to be spoken to again. Yeah, maybe I need to call the cops.
2: Well, I mean, we saw it like with uh John Slattery when he read about himself in the column about the P. Yeah,
0: and even so in like, the episode, he this says, is like a thing, he says earlier in the episode, who's the handsome politico you were writing about? So, right. we know that these people are reading this. Like, it does not make sense to me that the show picks and chooses when Carrie. This column is she's confronted by the reality of like, hey, I'm just writing about my everyday life.
2: I mean, unless like we're supposed to assume that like Natasha wouldn't read the mag like read the newspaper or something like that. Which I think would be
0: fine if somehow it was the story was that Natasha and Carrie never meet, right? That Carrie is always seeing Natasha, but Natasha isn't seeing Carrie. But because Mm -hmm. they interact, they're right. She wrote her a note to her home. She absolutely is reading this crazy woman's column and seeing like, wow, she spent a whole week maxed out her credit cards. She's down bad.
2: Mm -hmm. The way that that would give me a fucking boost. I'd be like, this woman is like obsessed.
0: I would just be terrified and like, maybe say to my husband, stay away from her. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is not someone we see anymore. (laughs) But let's chat about old Charlie, because this is, of the two storylines that are fairly slight, I feel that this one is just like, huh? So she isn't feeling very confident about her body, and they go to a steam room, and she is all bundled up. And I kind of felt like, Charlotte, there is no world in which I would just sit with other naked men and certainly not my three best friends just completely nude.
2: Ever. Never.
0: I don't know. You just don't do that.
2: I mean,
3: Chris, but i I'm I think it might be an older generation
0: like... thing because when you go to the gym, which I don't do often, you f- <laughs> do see, you know, the elder gentleman just like
3: dicks out. Wh-
2: dicks out. That's how older women are, too, like with their breasts. Like they just swing and you're just in the locker room and you're like. Oh.
0: Yeah, it's it's uncouth. <laughs> but so maybe it's just a generational thing. It's disgusting to me.
2: I also am not a fan of like a sauna. I gotta be honest. I'm not a fan of a sauna and I'm not a fan of a hot tub. I, I, oh, will I love go a hot, in a hot tub, tub and I love
0: a sauna. I would want them though for me personally. Pers- well, I love a sauna, but like I, I would want it for hot. me personally. Mm-hmm. And the hot tub, where I love to get in the hot tub, but like only we all have our bathing suits on. Yeah. Why hopefully. are we all naked? Is, are other people yeah. getting in the hot tubs naked with their friends? I People do weird
2: shit, Chris, okay? Freaks. Freaks. But, oh, my God. So, the moment when they're in the sauna and they do, like, the scan of their feet, you know, how they yeah. do that, like, with their legs? It reminded me of Grey's Anatomy's, like, original intro for some reason. Oh, with reason. the woman like,
0: dropping her shoes? With, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. One thing I will say, and, of course, this is, like, the nature of acting – I kind of felt bad for those other, like, extras who had to be just, like, breasts and vag out, and then the leads of the show aren't naked.
2: No, I know. Like, I would, like, their vaginas were, like,
0: out. But I guess that is, like, what being an extra is. It's like, hey, ladies, you want to come in, get naked, and get gone?
2: Yeah, like, you gotta open this door, and you gotta have your lips out. (laughs)
0: But she's ultimately able to like quiet her noise because this one woman is like, I love your breasts. <laughs> and what I have to say about this episode is kind of, kind of branching out more globally. I have heard Kristen Davis really talk about the struggle she had with her weight and her body image while filming this show. And kind of the pressure she would say that a lot of them felt to remain thin a lot of the times because they were wearing borrowed clothes that needed to be of a certain size because of how the fashion industry works. I can't imagine if I was struggling with that all of a sudden getting this script. It feels almost cruel in a way. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I was not a fan of this story. It really bothered me. And it feels just 2022 like, what the fuck are we doing here?
2: And I know that this might so- I'm Okay, I don't know how to make this sound... Okay, I'm gonna try.
0: Well, we've already probably been canceled. I think I mentioned Pearl Harbor earlier. Let's just say it.
2: You did. Um, you did. <laughs> um, so there's something about the fact that Carrie is the one that is having these conversations with Charlotte to feel good about her body. And it's so fucking annoying when you have the friend whose body is literally perfect. But we should Telling also say you. Kristen
0: Davis's body is literally perfect.
2: It is, but I mean, like.
0: They all have great bodies.
2: They all have great bodies, but I mean, like, Carrie, like, if you, th- I don't know, it's just, she's so petite. Like, that's, I guess that that's what I mean. Like, yeah, and but she's by the way, so, so, so I don't small. think
0: Kristen Davis is any bigger than her, but I think what you might be, be um, bucking up against is is that Carrie's comfort wasn't to kind of share her own insecurity. No. It was just to say, like, you look great. It's like. Well, what do you? I do feel like there could have been some bonding there over what Sarah, what something. Carrie feels like. She does say like, "Oh, stop it! I do not have a perfect body," but she doesn't say it in a way of like, "Well, here's." It's kind of like, "Oh, stop it! I know I'm not that great."
2: Yeah, but and please tell me
0: more. Like, there's
2: just something I remember. Like a couple weeks ago, I was having a couple conversations with some friends about like my body and everything, and like one of the people said to me like. It's all about confidence. And I was like, that's so easy to say when you are ripped. <laughs> like, that's so easy to say when you have, like, a great body.
0: But also, right, none of our bodies, no one sees themselves, or let me, I shouldn't say no one, because God bless, I bet they I And I know it's not no one. Most cis straight white men absolutely see themselves per, like, they, we should all have their confidence. So yeah. there are people out there who are seeing themselves in the mirror, like, better. They're looking in the mirror like, I look like fucking Chris Hemsworth. It's like, sir, you don't.
2: You don't.
0: But I do think that, right, even the most kind of conventionally beautiful person would probably, you could ask them, do you ever? And I, and by the way, that's a part of what I do kind of like about the Charlotte storyline is is that you would look at her, you kind of the more global you we yeah. the audience don't see any problem with her. No, and it's good to show her th- to show the idea that even still through even through our lens of her perfection, there are insecurities there. Yeah, it would just have been nice had we seen some insecurities from you know, carry. the other women.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Samantha obviously is like one of those women that just like literally doesn't think anything is wrong.
0: I don't know, but now I'm flashing to like the other storylines about weight they've done. I mean, the way they, they the way they treat um, Miranda's weight gain a after her pregnancy baby. in the fifth season, isn't it? And of course, that first movie, it's like the body stuff in this show is a little like... I, I i would be i would because not be we surprised also get another body people comment. had a lot of problems with this show in terms of its representation it's like let them it's look i don't want to say it's fine that they're all fit and able-bodied people because we need diverse body experiences also and in some ways that was yeah we had our eye on diversity and then just like that but in terms of the new people we met i don't know that we met anyone who was um representing the kind of larger mass of people I didn't come out right. of the Pandy looking like LTW. Let's just put it that way.
2: I Yeah, I don't look well, like Well, I didn't Kim go into Pittman. the Pandy
0: looking like her either. So.
2: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> None of us are that genetically blessed. No. But I just think that there's something to be said for like, yes, the show's an escape and it's a fantasy. And, you know, we love the clothes and because of problems in the fashion industry. And that's gotten better. But it is like when they do deal with body stuff, it is like not good
2: no the chris they they talk about they talk about weight in the episode later on when it comes to natasha
0: too yeah 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 that they're like
2: uh they were like that fat
0: fucking bitch
2: yeah they're like she gained weight in college doesn't someone
0: refer to her as like a porker it's like come on yeah (laughs) and i feel like they and they by the way they didn't even have the balls to say like she gained like 80 pounds it was like she gained like six pounds what a fucking porker (laughs) <laughs> which again I want to say there is something to be said for telling the kind of reality of how we're cruel to one another but given the rest of the show's weirdness with I I, I guess I'm just really flashing to like that Samantha scene in the first movie and what they would think if I entered a room
2: oh they yep. would call they the would cops call the cops, <laughs> the cops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they would truly be like um he needs help like something's wrong
2: they would treat me like i'm the mom and what's eating gilbert grape like they would be like we gotta get the crane to pull her out of the house like
0: yeah like she can't even fit in this fucking apartment get her out of here like get him out get him gone too he's a disaster (laughs) like
2: get this porker out of here
0: yeah and by the way shout out to everyone you know all of our bodies are beautiful in their own way of course never forget when i went to a sex room in a club and went around telling everyone how beautiful their bodies were while covering my own. So I want everyone to know I think your body is beautiful. Just personally, I like to be fully clothed at all time. I'm like dying fucking Keaton over here.
2: (laughs) Just turtlenecks, gloves.
0: Hats. Hats. (laughs) Bendos, gloves, moccasins. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: the thing. And I mean c-
0: and short shorts.
2: But that's the thing Carrie kind of says to Charlotte though at one point, where she's like, listen, you can talk about me in these such like a positive way. Like, why can't you talk about yourself like that? And it's like, well, that's a struggle for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's life. That's all of us.
2: So literally the human experience. I really
0: didn't expect us to get in there, but that's what happens when you skip therapy last week, guys, to go <laughs> to go to New York. Um, need to double oh. down on that this week. Should we talk about <laughs> Samantha?
2: Yeah, let's talk about Horny Girl.
0: So, what I wanted to start actually by talking about Samantha, who's like truly the most supportive friend when Carrie calls and she's like staring into that mirror and talk about my own issues again. People who own that mirror are, to me, masochists.
2: The strongest people on earth.
0: I have like dogs that for people who have that mirror in their homes and I stare at it until I want to kill myself.
3: (laughs) No, literally.
2: My friend has that mirror and it has like the lights all around it and i looked at myself one time in it and i i thought i looked so good that day i looked in that mirror and it was like it was bad
0: i've looked into that mirror and like truly thought like who the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> i'm like wow he needs to moisturize i'm like Uh-oh. <laughs> oh my
2: god that's what i think too i'm like oh my god i was like i'm so dry <laughs>
0: like ever i'm like that's a lot of cracks and crevices I'm seeing on there.
2: Lots of cracks. Lots of fl- flakes. Like, I'm so dry.
0: She's staring into that mirror and is just such a wonderful friend to carry and has an iconic line reading where she says, these bitches need to be put in their place. But again, do they? Like, what bitches? Why is she so mad? What bitches? <laughs> That's what
2: I mean. <laughs> like, Did what bitches? Did you know bitches? what bitches she meant? Gloria Steinem? Like, I don't know. The women in the arts? All
0: 25 year old women? Like, like, damn. I
2: didn't. It was, like, such a harsh line, and I was like, but where is this coming from? It's, like,
0: rich women, women in you are right, rich women, women in the—Joyce Carol Oates? Like, yeah. 25-year-old women? Like, Malala? The what woman you, who's, who's
2: trying to, be... to help the underprivileged people get involved in the arts where Carrie brushed her off? I was <laughs> who are, like, oh.
0: Who are the bitches? You guys are the bitches.
2: <laughs> you guys are the bitches.
0: But other <laughs> than her being truth. an iconic good friend and also complete asshole— yeah. She wants to get it. She just wants to get a happy ending from Kevin. What'd you think of Kevin? Mm.
2: He's so disgusting.
0: I was so attracted to him. Oh my God. Now, again, I am fresh off of seeing his wonderful performance in Stephen Sondheim and George Furth's company where he does a rousing rendition of Sorry, Grateful and is also just, mm, mm, such a treat and a snack and just, and he's so fucking funny. He's a star. And he also starred... On a little sitcom, and I want to know if you watched this one, Sam. Oh, okay. No, it was called Two of a Kind, starring Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. He played their dad. Did you see that sitcom they did? Oh. (laughs) Watched every episode.
2: Every fucking episode. He's the
0: dad. And then he ended up with their nanny. up. Oh, that's actually where I know him from primarily. Like when I watched this episode as a child, I was like, oh, that's the dad from Two of a Kind
2: oh my god that but he's like, also was a, throwback.
0: a icon of the broadway theater i believe he played lord Farquaad in the shrek musical i've watched that recently <laughs> <laughs> so he's a, he's an icon christopher Sieber. i'm obsessed with him but wow. he does not want to give he does not want to give samantha head and she grabs his he she grab. i was gonna say she grabs his cock i'm all over <laughs> Guys, we're back on the mic, fresh faced. I,
2: <laughs> I don't mean, know what's going on. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Luckily, Grop's I caught cock. myself because it was also going to be like a hard, like, cock. Like, <laughs> I
2: know. Oh my God.
0: But she gropes Kevin and then she outs him, and she's not happy. She- <laughs> And I did love. No. I I did love her going with Carrie to the party and being and you know shaming this other woman. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> I just wanted a scene of her going around the party, like you know, you know Natasha. Tell me some bad shit about her.
2: Like, oh my god! How did she I find this woman? Like, I would have loved to watch Samantha like find this. Woman. Just go table
0: to table. I need some gossip on Natasha.
2: God, like she's fucking amazing. She's like Carrie. I paid eighty five fucking dollars for
0: these tickets. <laughs> I do want to, like, before we get fully into it, talk about something that I just thought was really interesting. That this season, like, she's back to dating Steve. She's decided she wants to begin upkeeping her domestic space. I do think it's a little interesting that she invites Magda in to kind of into her domestic life before old Brady. Yeah. And I just love Magda. Magda's here. And she's a star.
2: A star.
0: Giving comedy gold.
2: The faces, like, just facial expression, realness. No. Judgment. Full judgment. Now, I would have fired her. I gotta be honest.
0: I thought Miranda was just such an asshole to Magda right off the top when she says, God bless you, and she's like, I don't need you to bless me, and I don't need God. It's like, that's something that people just say, and you move on with your day, even if you're not religious. No. But don't then, bring
2: God into my home
0: when Miranda is screaming at her about her, like although no you 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 might be right, I might have fired Magda too actually because 100%. she is on. one.
2: Who are you fucking kidding me? Of course, I know you do
0: Magda's I know that you on would fire, and she's moving her vibrator around, <laughs> like,
2: leaving the Virgin Mary statue in her fucking drawer. when Miranda Hobbs walks into her kitchen and she goes, "Who is this?" <laughs> I scream every time. It's so funny. She's like, "This lady." It's like, "This lady is the Virgin Mary."
0: I don't. Kills me. Yeah, I I guess I like the idea of Magda putting the Virgin Mary in there. Oh,
2: it's hilarious. As a sitcom, just
0: like trope. That I didn't mind. It was more when she like positioned her vibrator. I guess I just feel that if you see someone's vibrator, it's one thing to see it and be shocked. You don't touch it.
2: No, I was shocked that she touched it.
0: she repositioned it with, like, condoms around it as if it was, like, a breakfast plate. (laughs) I was just kind of like, this is, like, fucking weird. Yeah, I... Don't they touch... Is it Charlotte's vibrator at one point? They, like, come in and take it from her and grab it. And it's like, the The whole point of this episode is, like, she's been using it a lot. You don't touch it.
2: No. It's just not nice. It's not a nice thing to do. I would never touch someone's What vibrator. did you think
0: of the ending that it's all kind of absorbed by the idea that Magda's like, ooh, they might have babies one day, so I got to stick around. It's like, what a weird – Magda's fucking weird. I like a spit <laughs> off of Magda.
2: <laughs> Chris, four minutes ago, you said Magda is a goddamn star. She's fucking weird. And now weird. you're like, so get her out. Get her out. Here's but the thing. what I
0: want is like, who do you think could play like a young Magda? I want a Magda origin story starring Olivia Colman, emigrating from the Ukraine. Is this not? Uh, <laughs> don't know how to get out of that one. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. No. I. Okay. So Magda said that she's been married for 28 years. Okay. So, which makes me think, like, how old is she?
0: Magda she's Gotta be in her what then, 60s. You think fifties? I don't know. These imagine. women are thirty five, and Magda looks the way they positioning her looks a cool twenty to thirty years older. I I know. I
2: I just don't know. Um, yeah, this idea that like she's leaving rolling pins, like I, I would be like, can you mind your business,
0: <laughs> please? All I want actually is a Magda origin story. Starring Olivia Coleman as Magda mm-hmm. and Alexander Skarsgard is her husband, and it's about. Magda coming to New York. You say the
2: craziest things.
0: Although, no. Actually, we need to start a little younger than Olivia Colman. So maybe Saoirse Ronan (sighs) has a young Magda who's immigrated to New York City. Okay. And meets, fuck it, just Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) Okay. Then we flash 20 years in the future. Somehow, we're now with Olivia Colman and Alexander Skarsgård. Okay. And we meet Magda's children. I would watch a Magda show.
2: Um. So Carrie, let's just talk about Carrie. Samantha, we're done.
0: We're done. We're done with Samantha. We're done with Miranda. We're done with Magda. I'm um, looking forward to the HBO Max original series Magda! Exclamation point. <laughs> Carrie. Carrie. So while I dislike this episode thoroughly, it does have one of my favorite Sex in the City scenes ever. The reveal of the wedding announcement charlie and carrie going back to the apartment and reading it it's sarah jessica parker the actress
2: actress it is one of the most well-performed scenes that we see on the show
0: and actually before we get into that did you not think it was a little weird that they're like at brunch looking at these in the first place. Like, what would you say is the version of emotional harm the girlies are doing today?
2: Scrolling on Instagram.
0: But on Instagram, would you just see a bunch of brides?
2: I mean, yes. You that's click on the like, right
0: hashtag, I guess.
2: Well, it's like if you look, you know, you're like, oh, I know this person, like, oh, they're engaged, like, oh, this ah. person's married.
0: I just thought it was like, why what a bad way to spend your brunch. Like, hey, I wanna wanna like basically harm ourselves emotionally and...
2: Well, that's Charlotte for you.
0: That's true. I want to look at what I don't have. Yeah. But to get back to it, I do just think it's such... It's First of all, it's a great piece of writing. The While it sucks to have this us versus them mentality, I do think it is so realistic, the constant juxtaposition between yourself and any other person um, who might be seen as... Right, like, I would never feel that way about a woman, but I might feel that way about another gay man, whoever it would be who feels kind of antagonistic in your dating life, your dating and sexual life. Um,
2: I mean, it's never easy, like, to watch the person that you had a relationship with move on, and it's even worse when they move on with someone who has, like, their shit together, they're cute, like, like you can't even, like…
0: I don't know. I found it quite easy to let most of the men go. It's just like, oh, you know, good riddance. And I've, even if you left me, I'm kind of like, you get gone.
2: There's only like two people out there that like, I, if I ever saw them out with their person, I would be like, I would probably throw up.
0: Oh, you know what? There is like, well, not now, but it did once happen to me. And the friend I was with, he was like, I've never seen you behave this way. Like, what you're you to your, shaking to your core like a rattle.
2: You were like upset.
0: Yeah, like typically I know exactly how to handle situations. And I was like, like he was like, you seem to be breaking down. <laughs>
2: You're like, you have no idea.
0: But Sarah Jessica Parker, she's giving acting. I love when she says, when she re- says, she's this, she's this, she's this. And I'm the sex column they run next to penile ads. It's just so heartbreaking. Um, And she employs this thing that I think can be so powerful. That actors do, but only when done rarely, is which is to hide your face in the way that you would if you were embarrassed by your feelings. It doesn't happen a lot because as an actor, it's like, well, I need to show my performance. And I'm thinking of one actor, the actress who plays Teddy on Grey's Anatomy does it a lot. And I actually am like, well, now I'm starting to wonder, like, are you capable of crying or do you just hide (laughs) your face because you can't?
2: Like Alexis Bledel.
0: Well, Alexis Patel, she doesn't pretend to act. Acting is not something, you know, much like JLo's um recitals. Uh, Alexis Waddell is not interested in acting, although I've never seen uh, The Handmaid's Tale. And she is, of course, an Emmy Award winner before Lauren Graham, which is disgusting to me. Should we move on?
2: Yes, please.
0: So she's shopping with Miranda, looking to buy some clothes she basically can't afford. And they run into <clears throat> Natasha, who... Is yet again in her winter whites. Always. Never not dressed like a bride. And Carrie's naked. What did you think of that scene? Because I think this is a pretty impactful scene for I, I think the Sex in the City kind of universe.
2: I love this scene and I love it even more when you when Carrie like pulls Miranda back into the dressing room and you hear Miranda go, Oh my God.
0: The number one thing I like, was thinking though, then is like you realize she can hear you.
2: Yeah, but it's, like, it's such, like, a real thing that I think that they, like, had to, like, portray- like get it out there so you can, like, really get what's going on. And it's, like, I've been there, like, where you run into someone with your friend and you're just, like, what the fuck was that?
0: Like, I will say if nuts. I had Sarah Jessica Parker's body and someone saw me in my bra and panties, I'd be, oh like, "My God. bitch, I look better than you right now.
2: <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, they act like Sarah Jessica – they act like she doesn't have the body that she has. And it's – Mind-blowing. And it also frustrates me to no end that they act like Carrie doesn't work out. I'm like, Sarah Jessica Parker doesn't just have, like, a good body. She's, like, jacked.
0: And yet I can't picture Sarah Jessica Parker working out. She probably dances. Yeah, like, I could picture her, like, I take a ballet class on my way to coffee every morning, but I can't yeah. picture her, like, going w- up in the gym her, like, working lifting. on her fitness.
2: <laughs> no. But
0: Matthew it's just Broderick so funny is not her to witness.
2: Me. I don't like Matthew Broderick.
0: Uh, You know, I've quite attracted him in the 80s and talk about letting himself go. Although, you know what, Sarah, come on the show. (laughs) (laughs) We love Matthew Broderick. Love. Love. Huge fan. Icon. So she decides to go to this luncheon. Now, you did text me something earlier. I can't, did not know what you're talking about. You claim she takes her shoes off at a luncheon?
2: (gasps) Oh my God. When she's out with Charlotte. Charlotte. And they're at that dessert place. She takes her fucking shoes off in the restaurant to try on her new ones. Oh, I. Th-
0: she takes them fully off? I thought she yes. just takes the shoes out of the box.
2: No, she takes off her shoes and puts on the new ones.
0: Oh, you see, no, that would be disgusting to me if a man did it because socks would be involved. But there's something no, Chris, about- No, this
2: is disgusting. Because isn't
0: it just a heel, I assume?
2: She's taking her shoes off in a restaurant.
0: Yeah, but it's such a quick transition. I
2: don't really have a problem with that. No, that's That's Dizzy carry moments. No,
0: I'm going to give her a pass for that. That to me is not as bad as knocking on the window. I just feel like it's just, you know, you pop one on, you pop it off. I'm good on that. No,
2: absolutely. If I have to, I don't want to see anyone's toes. I don't
0: know. I didn't mind it. No, what I hated was Natasha not being at that luncheon (sighs) because she is. She's supposed to be there. She should have gotten her ass up. I have a question. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I've watched this episode millions of times throughout the years, okay? I've never once thought for a second that Natasha isn't sick. But when I watched it this time, I'm like, is she sick or is she avoiding seeing Carrie? Like, what are your thoughts? You know- Because she does know that Carrie's going to be there and she's probably like, I don't want to see you.
0: I think that's a really interesting thought. I never questioned whether or not she was actually sick. Yeah. If only because I think that the conceit of the character of Natasha is that she's unbothered.
2: Okay. So that's what you think. You think she's unbothered.
0: Like, it doesn't sit in my spirit that this woman would avoid Carrie for a social – at a social function.
2: Okay. That she is someone who
0: cares about heirs and – Like, Charlotte, like, I think her duty to be there would supersede her desire to not see Carrie. I wish, though, that that was true, and we saw that. Like, if when they have that lunch later, she says, I haven't tried to avoid your ass by pretending I was sick. I would need it to be, I would need it somehow to be textual. Got it. But I like it as an idea, and I wish it was explored, but I, I think she was probably sick
2: okay i've always just like i never thought about it like oh yeah she wasn't sick and then this time i watched it i was like maybe she wasn't and she just wanted to avoid carrie
0: remember when we thought i in just like that like natasha was gonna be like in every episode We like
2: what fucking idiots
0: when it was like maybe natasha's gonna be one of our new girlies
2: <laughs> we the things that we thought we were gonna get we thought we were getting aiden we thought we were well, gonna okay, get okay but like, that's
0: john corbett just lied I I know, they were He did literally say, hey, I'm going to be on Injust like that. They were so pissed. Yeah.
2: About that. And I guess, too, like after the first episode when we got the cameos of like the Bitsy and um, Sharon, Susan, Susan Sharon, Sharon. I was like, oh my God, we're going to get so many
0: oldies. Look, we can't get into the problems with Injust like that.
2: I'm just saying, it just still haunts me.
0: I will say that I think like in a modern TV show, you know how shows now will just have um, like a one-off episode that follows another character that maybe is a side character. I feel like in a world I'd like to see an episode about Natasha that did explain
2: same i want to know who she marries i want to know who, sh- who her kids are do her kids go to school with lgw's kids do they know each other like
0: i don't even mean just an just like that i'd like an episode where we followed like i think if this show was made now there would be mm-hmm. a more concerted effort to care about natasha mm-hmm. i'm not saying that rather would be the-
2: than make her like the other woman
0: if only, by the way, that it would help strengthen our, like, dislike of Carrie's choice to sleep with Big. Yeah. And i like to see, kind of, their marriage. It would remind me almost, and maybe not a full episode, but do you remember in Gilmore Girls when Rory sleeps with Dean and then the opening of the
2: f- yeah, they fifth show the season two is Dean with Lindsay? Yeah.
0: So that you see, like, oh, Dean's a liar and Lindsay is trying yeah. There would be something if there was like one scene where we got to really see what Natasha's life is like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but
0: the show is so limited in its scope, and I think that's a real detriment. Um, But, you know, never forget us screaming at each other at like 8.15 a.m. about Natasha, so I'm Natasha Hive.
2: We've never fought like that.
0: <laughs> I, Brian basically had to say, this has got to come to an end.
2: Yeah, Brian was like, Chris, stop being so mean.
0: <laughs> I was like shaking like... <laughs> This is inappropriate. How dare you claim this woman owes this fucking crazy bitch anything?
2: No, and I was like, Natasha's dramatic as fuck.
0: (laughs) Natasha's so cold and rude. I'm like, cold and rude? She's a boundary queen.
2: I was like, get over it, bitch. Okay, we don't need to go back down this road.
0: So she doesn't show up to the luncheon. We talked about the body shaming. And the episode ends with Carrie receiving a note from Natasha. And while I hate this as kind of a character trait of someone. It is so relatable and I would absolutely do this when she receives the note and sees that Natasha has used the wrong form of they are.
2: A hundred percent. There is truly as horrible as you feel about it where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm like putting another woman down like this whatever.
0: I will say one of the things that I do really like about the ending of this is that As she's being petty and is saying, I can never be a woman who wears white, she is in all white. It's the only time we see her dressed that way that she's, there's this idea of like, maybe she's grown a little, but the petty pulls her back. Yeah. And I think it's a great ending of a Sex and the City episode and one I think about a lot. But damn if it's not a perfect example of that awful us versus them thing that just the show cannot help itself to fall into but it's something the show
2: can't help but it's also something people can't help
0: i know but do we need to glorify it
2: no of course not
0: i guess we do because it is my favorite part of the episode
3: (laughs) it's the most relatable part unfortunately a couple of weeks later i got something in the mail from women in the arts it was a thank you for attending signed by natasha game over I had to accept the fact that in life, some women are simply better, and no amount of shoes or lack of pastry or making of pies will change that. I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it, and chair committees and write thank you notes, and I can't feel bad about that. Sorry, I couldn't be there. (laughs) T-H-E-I-R. But I could feel good about this. Hello, Miranda. It's a good thing she got married. The woman's an idiot.
0: What did you think of the fashion in this one?
2: Oh, I hated Carrie's um, outfit that she wore when she had uh, lunch with Charlotte. I hated that jacket, and I also thought her red dress to the 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 lunch was like very underwhelming.
0: It wasn't what you thought it was, what we were going to get. Well, However, no. I will say she does stand out at the luncheon in terms of color and dress. Like, it is a, it is distinctly different than what everyone's wearing, and perhaps that was her choice. I thought the blue dress she's going to wear and is covering herself up in, I would have liked to seen her in.
2: 100%. I think blue is Carrie's color.
0: But that was just, there wasn't um, anything thrilling to me about this episode in general.
2: Not when it comes to fashion or men, no. But I thought it was a fun episode. I thought it was a relatable episode. I like that we're getting into the Natasha stuff. Like, I don't know. I
0: love it. Yeah. The only man in the episode. I mean, maybe that's also a problem with this episode. There are no fucking men.
2: There's no men.
0: I mean, yeah. Except I Kevin. Mean, if I got to pick a man, man, Kevin. <laughs> heaven go see companies starring Patty lapone and christopher sieber he's a king do you have any hot takes on this one
2: Mm, Not. i don't know that i have any hot takes i just think i mean i think we covered all our bases i mean this idea though that like they're a lot of the body like weight stuff is weird
0: absolutely the one hot take i would probably say and i just want to make the point a little harder i do think that this episode could have done a much better job it recognizing carrie as like crazy and i think that and just like that episode that kind of mirrors this one does a much better job at showing her as like oh this woman is not well she this is not (laughs) a good choice whereas this Mm -hmm. one almost positions her mania as something we should aspire to and i think that that is a One of the problems with this show and one of the joys of revisiting it through this podcast is that so much of our kind of cultural memory of this show is Carrie as an aspirational figure. And I think we have moved on from that. You know, of course, there was the book We Should All Be Miranda's. I disagree there. But we certainly have moved on from the idea of, like, Carrie is aspirational. And yet I think the show is almost glorifying her bad behavior, or at least not making a concerted effort to point out this this is is not the way to be. Does that make sense? This
2: isn't good behavior. Like, this is insecure. This is, like, manic.
0: And there's no point in which someone says, like, yo, you need to chill. They might say, this is a lot of effort to go through for a woman, is Samantha's take. Charlotte's point is, like, you look great anyway. You could wear anything and be the best woman in the room. It's like, that's not the point. Somebody needs to say, chill the fuck out,
2: oh. yeah, I wish Miranda would have.
0: What would you give this one out of 10?
2: I really liked it, but I'll give it like a seven and a half.
0: <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I did not love this one, even if it's an episode I think about a lot. I would probably give it a five. Wow, not one of my faves.
2: Wow, 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 Chris.
0: But we, but guys, we're coming off the high of you know, John Slats. i'm I'm settling and we're going into the thrill of the affair so you know we're in we're We're getting aiden Well, you know i feel about mr shaw but i do love what he gets us he gets us somewhere in this season exactly all right thank you so much for listening we hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of season three episode four boy girl boy girl alanis morissette is coming Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pig Podcast. But now we said it, and of course, Hot Off the Mess. And you can follow us online. I'm at c lewis twelve nineteen on Instagram. Sam, where are you?
2: I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram, and I'm at Take your Off on Twitter.
0: And we'll see you next week. Bye.
2: Bye.
1: At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, no, No, Jerry, it's over.